Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry and being an IT professional here in Portland, Oregon. That's I'm right. David Libby. And I am Josh Hawk. And today, like I said, we are going to be talking about IT professionals. My brother Something of which we know little of. Yeah, my brother is one. He's he actually is. And he um I have a computer. It turns out <laughs> Yeah, we're recording onto one right now. Um uh, it turns out it's terrible to be an IT professional because if you are, then your family always asks you for help oh, right. on, on your computers. See, we're pastors and no one cares. Yeah. Like your family never comes to you and says, I want to know Jesus better. They don't. They, they do come to us when they want to get married or when a family member dies. That's actually true. I, um, uh, my sister and her husband, I did their wedding. Um, so that was, that was fun. It's, yeah. It's good times. I mean, so let, let's go back to this. Um, your IT professional being an IT professional. Here's the image that I want to go with yeah. during and where you know we we have this new season on kind of the church that is that we are left with, um, kind of in and through this COVID nineteen, and we're kind of um, COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen. <laughs> David's a rapper too in his in his other job. Yeah. Um, but you, there's an image that you can, you just came up with this idea, like it's a defragging, yeah. And so that's the IT term. So explain that a little bit. So What's when when you defragment your hard drive, and this is me speaking as someone who does not know computers very well, um, when you defrag your hard drive, uh, you you basically as you put new programs on and delete programs and whatnot, um, your computer gets really. Full, your hard drive gets really full, but um, over time, there's a lot of like empty space on your hard drive, and so um, so your computer thinks it's full, but but there's a lot of blocks that really aren't anything, Ooh. and so every once in a while, you defrag your hard drive, it gets rid of those blocks. You have to do it like overnight; it takes a while, and so. Um, you get rid of those blocks and condense all of the actual information on your computer in order to um, clear up a lot of space, a lot of RAM. And you're, <laughs> I'm just saying the, saying the, the, the computer words. words that I know, and I'm probably doing this completely wrong. And I don't care because I don't think a lot of IT professionals listen to us. So if I just say all this confidently, then I think we're going to get away with it. Um, and, and so it condenses everything and uh, gives you a lot more space, a lot more memory. And so um, what, what Josh and I were talking about one day is that, that one day being today, uh, is that COVID-19 is sort of a defragmenting of the church. There's a lot of uh, holes, a lot of things that we do as pastors and that people do in the church that honestly are just sort of taking up time or maybe are um, are good things but aren't really aligning with our mission at all. Yeah. Um, I, read a, I read a book called Simple Church that talks about getting rid yeah. of anything that doesn't align with your mission, and I don't know if I 100% am for that radical of a step, but, but that's kind of what this is. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a couple of pastors this week and something that struck out or, you know, struck me with what they were saying is they, before this, you know, like the, the beginning of this year, um, there was a lot of programs and some discipleship tools, um, and kind of some small groups that they were super excited about. And this one in particular said, 
um, he said, I really felt like God was in this. And I'm like, as things started rolling, they're like, man, the Lord is at work through these things. Um, and we're having like the biggest turnouts that we've ever had. And like God is at work and then boom, everything gets shut down. (laughs) And Uh, yeah, and that, that, that will mess with you as a leader who are like, wait, I thought this was of God and now it's all taken away. I don't think that God necessarily caused all of, all of this virus, but it is an opportunity for us to, evaluate everything and uh god did obviously like obviously didn't step in and stop it and so you know like there's i I don't know the the cosmos i don't know how all of that kind of works but we are left with what we have um and uh and so there's this uh what i've been kind of wrestling with like kind of a refining or a a purification but that that doesn't feel right and so that defragging i think really feels well and this is then here's the thing that strikes me david is what some of us are left with is like wait what we had was not at all what i thought it was um yeah and and because we've we've bloated it Um, and then when all of that stripped away, when the defragging happens and it gets kind of compressed again, you're like, Oh, um, this is what we got. Here's, um, an example. And then just to explain, I think what we're, what we're talking about. And then we'll actually, we've got a a few things that we're going to discuss today, but, um, but I was at a recent elders meeting and, uh, those meetings, a lot of times we'll be spinning our wheels and not really getting much accomplished. We'll mm-hmm. be talking at like endlessly about lights that need to be fixed and um, outlets that don't work. And do we have um, the the right thing in place for this event that's like eight months away? All these things are kind of important, but not to the level of the amount of time we give them. Well, this past week we had a meeting and it, it felt so refreshing because all we talked about was like, um, the people that we're caring for and the people, um, that have needs and what kinds of things can we do? And, um, what kinds of things is God doing in our church? Uh, very, like it felt very raw. It felt very um, refreshingly ministry oriented. It didn't. It didn't feel like um, like a normal elders meeting or board meeting or whatever. And um, and I think that's what we're trying to get at is that we we spend so much of our time spinning our wheels about things that really aren't important and. Um, or, or aren't as important as the amount of time that we give them. And, um, and so this, this time I think is helping us defragment as a church, some of the things that aren't as important and only focus on what is, um, we, I think as humans and then as a pastor, we just kind of become an extension of this, but as humans, we place a lot of value in what we do. Um, and there's a lot of identity that's actually wrapped up in that too. And, and I talked about this in, personally in the last episode. Um, but 
so, so with that, I think pastors, um, we are placed on this like pedestal quite often. Um, and, and here's, this was something else a pastor shared with me this week. He said, we overestimate our role. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that is being shown forth and like, wait, I, I put all of this work into like accomplishing these programs so that the ministry could be done. But I've been working on like this infrastructure of the church, kind of like I've, I've been managing an organization, a church and, and, and it's easy for us to forget that the church is, is people, not a building, not a organization, not a group of programs, not a set of ministries, but it's rooted, it's based, it's foundation is in people and relationships. Um, and, and we're being reminded of that right now. I think that's that defragging process, um, that we are, we're in like, man, you know, the relationship still exists and how can we kind of be present? How can we meet needs, but not in a programmatic way, but rather in a kind of relational way, neighbors helping neighbors, kind of an idea. Um, but just, I, I, I really cl- kind of grabbed hold of that idea and it resonated with me. Like, as I think about myself as a pastor over the, the last number of years, um, have I overestimated my role <laughs> and my importance? Um, and to realize, wow, you know, like what I have to say actually isn't maybe necessarily the, the end all be all. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have the answer for everybody. Um, and, and we, I mean, you and I have talked, you know, to great lengths about, um, just the kind of the egocentricness of, of pastors and like, we're in a unique position where, you know, like we, we have an, an audience, a captive audience every week that we're talking to. Um, and, and there's a lot of, a lot of influence. There's, there's like a lot of weight that actually kind of hangs on, on our words and, um, how, how important it is for us to be incredibly humble, um, and to exercise humility because it's so easy naturally, like our egos just kind of build and, and you see like pastors are some of the most egotistic, people some of them anyway yeah um but you they also are some of the most humble people too and so like it's it's weird can we just well it's a it's a strange thing i i remember when i was so i was a youth pastor um this was gosh like 13 14 years ago that this happened but i i burned out hard to the point like i i had been pushing so hard and pouring enough of my emotional energy into the youth ministry. And I started, it wasn't like I was getting tired. It was like I was losing my soul and I hit a point. I I hit a wall. I was, um, I was doing some extra work while my pastor was on sabbatical and he came back. And I remember like for the month beforehand, I was, I, I not only was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I don't even know if I want to be a Christian anymore, mm. which that wasn't the first or last time that that's happened. Like, um, my, my faith has been a fluid thing <laughs> and we can talk about that sometime if, if you want. But, um, but 
I, I remember I talked with my spiritual director about it and I was under the impression I was like, I need to like phase myself out of this because this is ruining me, but it's going to take like a year because I need to train up a replacement for myself because I need this youth ministry to stay stable. And so I'll, I'll stay for a year and I'll make this work. And I told her all of that. And, um, but then I told her like, I don't think I can make it a year without entirely losing my soul. And she was like, well, then why don't you just leave? And I was like, well, cause I need to raise up a replacement. I don't want to kill the youth ministry. And she said to me something that I've never really forgotten. She said, church structures and churches are set up to be able to weather things like this. Like they're, they're ready for things like this. You could take any staff member and remove them right now and it'd shake things up, but it wouldn't ruin the church. You're not that important. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that, um, uh, she, I don't think she meant it as cutting as she said it, but when she said, you're not that important, like that's always really hung with me. Yeah. And Josh, like we could take you out of St. John's Wesleyan church right now. And the church would still survive. We could take me out of St. John's Christian church right now. The church would survive. You could take Andy Stanley out of uh, North point community church. It, one of the biggest pastors in the world, the church would survive just fine. We're the structures are made so that, um, uh, the the pastor isn't nearly as important as the amount of importance we put on them. And yeah. we put some of it on ourselves, but the church also puts a lot of it on us. And yet in reality, we're not that important. Man, right there, that, I want a meme from that one, from that episode. Yeah. We aren't that important. Um, and that that's a message that I have been trying to trying to listen to and trying to hear and trying to model my life after um, for for years. Um, but there's this there is a little bit of a reality um, that you know if if we don't get stuff done, stuff won't get done. And, right. And there is some truth to that, but then that goes back to like, well, what's What's important, you know, like if we cease to do our job, guess what? People are still going to be people, um, you know, and so there's there's some kind of value that we place on what we as pastors do and provide. Um, and and so I think right now that's that's being shaken up and like what what is it exactly that pastors um, or the pastor provides um, that is kind of necessary. Um, and, uh, and, and what does our, what is our role? What does our job look like kind of moving forward in this defragging process with what we're, we're left? Yeah. So this isn't, this isn't so much a conversation about like telling pastors what to do and what not to do. Yeah, if you, no. if you want to take a, uh, push broom and and dust your whole church. That's fine. Like, do that. What this is more about is us looking internally and being like, what what is actually important in our role, and what have we been throwing on ourselves that is not that important, and what is important for a congregation to expect of their pastor, and what is um what is expected 
of a church leader that maybe shouldn't be. Like, yeah, the expectations, David, I think are huge. I, I want to get to this question in a, in a minute, what a pastor isn't. Um, but I, I want to talk for a second about like, about the expectations you mentioned. I think that's, that's huge people's expectations. And I had in graduate school, there was a study that, um, kind of we did and we asked our congregation, you know, like, what is your expectation of a pastor? Uh Um, which is really good. Like in some, some of the people, they said like our expectation is that the pastor is going to be an evangelist. Like, Oh, that makes sense. Now these are this relationship that you and I have, because you're expecting me to be an evangelist. Um, others say, no, I want my pastor to be a teacher. Others said like, no, my pa- I want my pastor to be a shepherd, you know, like to come visit me. And, and like, all of these are different roles in what we do, what, what the church has done, especially in smaller churches, I think like bigger churches, you, you have a pastor of everything. Um, but in the smaller churches, the pastor is expected to be everything. Right. Um, and depending on on what some of our experiences is with a pastor, you know, like so, my dad is a strong shepherding pastor, and 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 I I have I have skills in shepherding, but like I'm a challenger, I'm a little bit more apostolic, um, and I I push things a little bit more, and um, his his dad is the one that will help you um, work through your your broken marriage for years and he'll he'll help you through that and Josh is the one who will um, who will be like yeah I'm, I'm sorry for you hey let's go do this thing right now <laughs> like there are two two good roles but very different types and so yeah and so when you sit under or when when my somebody like my dad is your pastor for your entire life or for, you know, 30 years, um, that because like the image of pastor that we associate with, with different people in our lives. So we're like, Oh, Phil Hawk is a great pastor, you know, like, and there are things that, that he, there are weaknesses that he had. Um, and, but, but our image of pastor is, is that somebody who will, sit with us and listen to us. And that is, that is a role of the pastor. Um, but it's not the giftings of, of everybody. And so, um, I think when we talk about kind of what is a pastor, I think it's important to kind of call those expectations out and to realize, you know, like there is, there's, there's, there's not a one size fits all. No, there's not. There's not. I'm, I'm never going to be you. And whoever, um, whoever's listening to this podcast, you're never going to be me and I'm never going to be you either. We're, um, we, we basically come to whatever role we're in as us, as ourselves. And so there's, there is no one size fits all. There's no, there's no, um, better pastor than another there are worse pastors i think of you know like the the guy i knew of who was a youth pastor and ran off with one of his youth to mexico i'm a better pastor than that person (laughs) (laughs) i i i i'd say that but um 
in general, like we, there are just different leaders, different people, different qualities. God's given us all um, personalities, and we all bring different ones to the table. David, I think um, here's I think one of the things that's being kind of defragged or questioned or recalibrated right now um, is that of kind of like the CEO model of a pastor, the, yeah. like the managing. Um, and this isn't, this isn't wrong. Um, it's, it's just what it, what it is. Um, but there's kind of, have, if you would, there's kind of like, if, if we want to be dualistic about this, you have two kind of extremes where you have like a CEO model, which is more of a managing kind of pastor. Um, and a CEO manages a organization, and so you have the infrastructure of the church and then you have like the model of a shepherd. Um, and the, the shepherd is, is doesn't really care about the infrastructure. Um, but is more kind of relational one-on-one kind of a thing. And, and both are, both are important. Both are, are necessary. And I would say right now, um, with, with where we are with the, the virus and kind of the shutdown, the quarantine COVID-19. Yeah. That the shepherd role is really bubbling to the surface. And we're like, Oh wow, that's important. The CEO role has like, that has been stifling and, and that that's, I think some of my wrestling, because we, we talked like before this, that I can kind of swing either way. Um, but how that is, I can't actually be, be both at the same time. Um, and so when I, when I think about like some of the things, some of the, my, uh, um, kind of my high points during this time, I guess, or the, the things that I've, I've kind of felt really good about has been more of those shepherding roles. And then when I go into like CEO or like managing mode, it just drives me crazy right now. Um, right. And, and it's, it's like spiraling at times. What's interesting is that right when this started, I was like, I was fine. Like I, I'm a, I'm a very shepherdy type. I'm a very just care for my people type. I'm a very person, personal one-on-one type. And so when we all got quarantined, I was like, cool, I'll start making calls and writing postcards. And I talked to you, Josh, and you were like, I feel completely lost. Hmm. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if any of this is effective. And I'm sitting there like, what's not effective? Like, just send out some letters. Because that's like, this quarantine sort of fits into my skill set pretty well. I think of John Mark Comer, who we were talking to uh, last year sometime. And he was saying, I like to be alone and read and plan out... um, plan out teachings this is probably working pretty well for him like he's he's got time alone to read uh whereas uh you were having a big old struggle when this started Mm -hmm. so we wanted to talk some about uh what a pastor is and what a pastor isn't and of course we talked about how um pastors can be uh really whatever um they can they can be administrators they can be shepherds um but trying to be everything is where it becomes problematic both for the pastor and for the congregation who who just sort of like gives up any uh, serving opportunity that they might have 
um, because they just sort of expect it of the the um, the leader of the church, the quote unquote leader. So what a pastor isn't would be everything. Everything, I I I would say so. Um, what a pastor should be, and this um, like this, I think would cover. Um, should cover all pastors are um, people who teach and guide in some way. It may not be someone who speaks from a pulpit. Neither of us speak from a quote unquote pulpit, but, um, but like you should be someone who's teaching or leading or shepherding your people in some way. Right. Yeah. Here's, um, so this is news to you, David, that we can talk about offline, but there's a local pastor, um, who is transitioning right now and bringing in a, a new pastor because they, this is what they observed. They said this, this person is very, very heavy in a discipleship, um, kind of role and model and, uh, but recognizes that man, our church right now needs more of a apostolic evangelist, um, and has the self-awareness to be able to say, um, we, our church needs somebody other than me for this next season. And so I'm going to step away and let this somebody else come in, um, who is different than both our pastors and both are equally important, but to recognize that we need different kinds of pastors in different seasons mm-hmm. right now in the COVID-19, we do not need a CEO pastor. We need a shepherd pastor. And so that's what we are looking for. That's what we're grasping. But that does not mean that a CEO managing pastor and executive pastor is any less. And coming out of this, we, <laughs> we are going to need the managing pastors big time, you know, like to, to begin to kind of rebuild some of this stuff. Um, David, I want to share in Ephesians chapter four, Paul um, talks about, you know, like some of the giftings and Paul says, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Um, and I mean, Paul has a number of spiritual kind of gift sets and, and, um, and I don't think, think that these are necessarily like a comprehensive list and like where we take, okay, well, you know, as a pastor, are you an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher? Um, Like, well, I don't know if it's necessarily cut and dry, but what I think Paul is saying is that God gives leaders different skills for different times and different contexts. Um. That's what the Josh Hawk paraphrase would say, you know, like, and God gave some to do some things and others to do other things. <laughs> that's a, that's a very good, uh, very good translation. <laughs> God, some people should do things and others should do other things and things and stuff. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's different, different roles for, for different times and different contexts. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it's unfair for us to place those expect expectations on kind of that, that one person. And so I think, so this reminder that we are not, um, that we overestimate our role quite often. Um, we're not actually as important as we think we are. We're not, we're and not then, important. And we can't do everything. Right. Um, right. Um, 
and there's there's one more thing that we want to talk about, but we're actually going to uh, push it to next time because next time we're going to be talking about money. Oh man, and yeah. the church, the church which is which is possibly is what everybody wants to talk about. Possibly going to get us in trouble, um, but that's okay. Um, how do you be a pastor and also get paid? And by a pastor, let's talk specifically maybe about like paid church leader. Paid church leader. So there, yeah. this is then where we put on the different the different hats. And there's the prophetic aspect of a pastor. How can you like challenge and speak kind of truth or this? Um, oh, yeah, uh, challenge um, uh, a church or group of people when you are kind of dependent on them tithing and giving like their offerings going to the church, which pays your salary. Right. Like it, you could say there's a conflict of interest. Um, yeah. Well, I mean the, there's very incredibly valid reasons why people, um, why people are critical of money and the church because a lot of, uh, Pastors and leaders and churches have been very publicly and very blatantly um, focused on money. And I think televangelists have, in some ways, given the church a bad rap, but more often the church has given the church a bad rap. Hmm. And um, and so... I think think we need to talk about money. I think we need to be honest about money. And um, and I think think there are some points where... um, where people have misunderstood the church's focus on money, but there's a lot. And, and I kind of get defensive there because of course I love the church and I've been a part of a church forever, but at the same time, I, I don't think, I think most of the criticisms are absolutely right. And, um, and so we're going to get into that. Yeah. And next it's, episode. it's, it's going to be a little bit dangerous, but it's going to, I, I think it's going to be good and important. And it, um, hopefully doesn't, uh, cause us to lose the, um, the pay that we get from our churches. But if it does, maybe that's what's needed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, so, so join us, um, for next episode in this yeah. continual defragging, of, uh, the of the church during COVID nineteen. That's a that's a YouTube video. Um, they took Ken Copeland's awful sermon where he blows away COVID nineteen, and someone made it into a rap. It's perfect. Type in COVID nineteen rap. It's the first thing on YouTube that'll pop up. Uh, but and and that's what you should do right after this podcast. Um, and so for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David, and I'm Josh, and we will see you next time. <laughs>